Father, we love you this morning. We thank you again, God, just for coming to this earth. God, so you could save us. And God, we remember that this morning. God, we love you. We thank you for all you've done for us. And we pray this morning as we continue in worship and hearing your word, God, that you speak to our hearts. We love you and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to, before we uh, keep on this morning, I want to share a, <laughs> a song with you. And uh, just, just to kind of prepare our hearts, I was talking to Brother Lee uh, a few weeks ago. And I've noticed I've done a couple songs the past, the past couple weeks. And um, the reason for that is not for me to showcase by any means, because I don't like doing that. Um, you can ask Brother Lee, we had this talk. But um, this morning we're going to take communion. And we're going to hear the word. And sometimes a good way of getting ourselves ready is just listening, hearing a song, and just taking that in. And so this morning I want to sing a couple ones. And there's some oldies, and uh, you guys may know these. But um, just, just take these in this morning uh, as, we, as I sing these. tears and sorrows I've had questions for tomorrow there have been times I didn't know right from wrong but in every situation God gave blessed consolation my trials come to only make me strong I've been to lots of places and I've seen lots of faces There have been times I felt so all alone But in my lonely hours, yes, those precious lonely hours Jesus let me know that I was His own I've learned to trust in God through it all, oh, through it all. I've learned to depend upon His Word. So I thank God for the mountains, and I thank Him for the valleys, and I thank Him for the storms He brought me through. If I never had a problem, I wouldn't know that he could solve them. I'd never know what faith in God could do. Through it all, oh, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Oh, through it all. Oh, through it all, I've learned to depend upon His Word. Oh, through it all, oh, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. 
Andre Crouch. Amen. Hallelujah. If you haven't listened to Andre, you just heard Andre second. Now, I made Philip sing, so y'all got that right. Y'all don't, he, he's concerned about, you know, as he said, showcasing, but our clapping is for the Lord. It's never for the person. 
clapping is always for the Lord Jesus because without the Lord Jesus' message, the song just sits there, right? But I'm, I'm just so thankful for Philip's skill and talent. And thank you for willing to share today. Y'all hug his neck after the service today. Let's look at our mission-giving slide. There's our goal, 35000 and that's how much has been raised. Amen. Amen. So you can see there that we've got a surplus. So Lord uh, is going to, obviously the Lord's got something in plan. So we'll make sure that every item is met and whatever the surplus comes in between now and the end of the year or wherever it comes, we will, obviously we will uh, bless folks. We know about our weekly uh, snack ministry that we do. It's got to be funded. And so we're going to be able to do that. And so uh, whatever else the Lord sends our way. The Lord is provided. So I am grateful to the Lord and to you for making that happen. The blood will never, ever lose its power. Amen. Turn to John chapter 3. Are you ready for some of the word of the Lord? All right. 93% of Americans say they believe in God. If you'd use any statistic company, any question company, any survey... That is basically it. 93% of all Americans say they believe in God in some form or fashion. Out of that 93%, only 30% claim or speak about or have any knowledge about being born again. Isn't that an amazing thing? So 93% say they believe in God, but only 30-something percent say that they understand or they have some knowledge of what it means to be born again. That's a problem. That's a huge problem when you read the Bible. That's a huge problem when you read John chapter 3. Now, since I believe those statistics are probably likely to be true, do you realize that most people that celebrate Christmas are not born again? Right? And so when you go to Walmart to shop, you go to the mall to shop, or wherever you go to shop, or if you sit on the back porch and shop by Amazon, which is a beautiful way to do it, uh, however you shop for Christmas, realize that overwhelmingly the majority of people that are shopping for Christmas and celebrating Christmas is religion only. It's not personal walk with Christ. It's not devotion to Christ. It's not saying thank you that God gave us His Son and through Him we don't perish. It's religion. And most people that are celebrating Christmas are not doing it because of thankfulness for Jesus. Now, I just say that to, uh, to, to help us understand there is a huge assignment for us. There's a huge need for us to be on task at Christmas time. You need to be talking with your neighbors. You need to be talking with your family. There's a lot of getting together. That conversation needs to come up. Is it religion or born again? In our church family today, we need to have that conversation. We've got people at home. We have a lot of sickness, of course. And to our family that are sick, we're sorry you're sick. And so y'all give each other a high five now. I gave you the symbol, the sign. You're good to go. We know you're out there. In the homes in here today, we need to ask ourselves that question. Are we religious or born again? 
Are we religious or born again? You can go to church all your life and be religious. You can go to church for a few weeks and be born again, right? Tenure has nothing to do with that. Knowledge has nothing to do with it. Effort has nothing to do with being born again. And that's a crucial thing for us to understand. And so we go to John chapter 2 and then John chapter 3, and we're going to take a look at this important word from our Lord. Now, in verse 23 of chapter 2, the word says, Because of the miraculous signs Jesus did in Jerusalem at the Passover celebration, many began to trust in him. Okay? Now, we've got to take a look at what does the word mean? What's the definition of trust here? But it says in verse 24, but Jesus didn't trust them. And so many began to trust him because of the miracles they saw, but Jesus didn't trust them because he knew all about people. He knew all about people. He knows how people are. And I think there's no question that although life is lived very different today, there is no difference between people then and people now. We're the same. We just do different things. But the heart is still the same. Then people loved the miracles. They loved the wow. They loved the sparkle. They loved the fireworks. They loved the emotion. They loved the, the environment that surrounded Jesus. It was exciting. It was exhilarating. It was full of thrill. He did things that, that could not be explained, could not be believed. He, he healed people. Blind could see. Those who deaf could speak and hear. He did amazing things so people would know that he is, so they would believe in him. And people were caught up in that just like today. People get caught up in religious things. Get caught up in Christmas. Get caught up in Easter. Get caught up in anything that most people get involved with. Today, you'll watch a show on television and they'll say for a moment, let's talk about the real true meaning of Christmas. And everybody goes, yes, let's, let's talk about the real true meaning of Christmas. And it can be a Hallmark movie or a tear-jerking movie. It can be on the, the family network or whatever it is. And everybody gets around the table and says, Christmas is about us remembering all the good things we have. No, it's not. That's religion. That's religion. Christmas is about enjoying family. No, it's not. Nobody enjoys family at Christmas. <laughs> we endure family at Christmas, right? No, it's not. Christmas is about just cherishing our wonderful moments. No, it's not. Christmas is about raising money during the winter solstice for the church in Italy. And they were losing out on the attendance. And it said, let's celebrate the birth of Christ and let's make some money. That's really the meaning of Christmas, the true meaning of why you have Christmas in December on the 25th. Lost in the shuffle is Jesus. You see religion and religion and religion. And lost in the shuffle of Christmas 
is Jesus. Are you religious or born again? Chapter 3. There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Good old Nicodemus. Nicodemus is a, he's a good man. Nicodemus is a smart man. Nicodemus is a moral man. Nicodemus is a wealthy man. How do we know that? He's a leader of the Jewish Sanhedrin. He's one of the few. He's an upper cruster. He went to a good school. He has met the right people. Nicodemus, as we know that he went to Jesus at night and he went to the right person with the right question, he's a wonderful politician. He knows how to go about it. He knows how to do it. He approached Jesus with honor. He approached Jesus with respect. The term rabbi is a term of respect. There's not anybody more religious. There's not anybody better at religion than Nicodemus. Now, we've already read up in chapter 2 that no one has to tell Jesus about the human heart. And so Nicodemus just make a statement. He just says, we know that God is with you, that God has sent you because of what we see with you, right? Nicodemus doesn't even get his question out. And Jesus answers his question before it's asked. Jesus replied to him, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. That's an amazing thing to say to such a religious man. At the top of his game in religion, a good man, a moral man, an educated man, a wealthy man, a man of stature, a man that walks through the temple, no less, and is honored. He's respected. He's paid attention to. But Jesus says immediately, I tell you the truth, I'm not going to mess around with you here. He says, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus in verse 4, how can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? That's a good question. That's a good question. Nicodemus listened to what he had to say. Nicodemus says, born again? How can anyone be born again? I can't go back into my mother's womb and be born again. Jesus replied, I assure you, in verse 5, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water, that's physical birth, and the Spirit. Remember, he's saying this to a religious man, a man that understands the way to be right with God is through being a better person. The way to be right with God is by the sacrifices. The way to be right with God is to do all the festivals. The way to be right with God is keep all the laws as well as you can. Be respectable. Be honorable. And Jesus says to this effort-producing, succeeding man, verse 6, humans can reproduce only human life but the Holy Spirit 
gives birth to spiritual life. There you go. Religion doesn't produce spiritual life. Religion produces moral life. Religion produces ritualistic life. Religion provides only the very best that people can do to be right with God. And religion is never enough. If anyone had done enough to be right with God, it's Nicodemus. And Nicodemus fall short of that. Only God can produce spiritual life. That's important for us to understand. So Jesus said to Nicodemus, so don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants. Just as you can hear the wind, but you can't tell where it comes from. Now, if you were at that ball game yesterday, you couldn't really tell where that wind was coming from. I looked over there at that big American flag in the end zone, and I thought it was going that way. You look back at the flags behind us, and they're going another way. I'm not sure which way that wind's blowing. Now, when you get out in the desert, you feel that beautiful, cool breeze that every once a year you'd experience out in the desert. You, you don't really know where it started. Now, you can see a dust devil burning out there. You can see a, a, a tumbleweed blowing across the road. You can see the evidence of wind. You can hear the evidence of wind. You can feel the evidence of wind, but you don't know where it came from. Now, you can explain it scientifically, low pressure, high pressure, all these things, but you don't really know where it started. You don't really know where that wind started to blow for that moment. You don't know. That's what being born again is like. There, if you ever hear a preacher tell you that they know exactly how to define being born again, close your book, because they don't know. I don't know what it, I, I can't explain being born again. I can't explain literally how it happens. I have, I have led people to receive, to believe in Jesus, and I've looked over their head to see if I can see anything. I've done that recently. I've been doing that a long time. Every now and then said, maybe the room's dusty. I'll see a little stirring of the spirit here. I'd like to see some of that. But I, I can't explain how a person comes to the place where they're going to bypass religion and embrace Jesus. I can't explain that. I can't work that out. I can't make that happen. If, if I knew how to design a program, a ministry, a church where everyone would get it, and it'd been done. I don't know. All I know is prayer and the Word of God and trust the Holy Spirit to do it. And I do know that human effort never ever takes anyone to the place of being born again. Not human effort. Only God's Spirit makes it happen. We can't explain it. It's like the wind. Now, I love Nicodemus' question in verse 9. How are these things possible? He's, he's bringing it, isn't he? I, I love Nicodemus at this point. His first question is, you can't enter the womb again the second time. 
He's thinking about it. He's, he's considering what he's being told by Jesus. He hears about the wind. He hears that only humans produce life. Only God produces spiritual life. He hears about all this. And he's hearing that only the Spirit can produce this born-again experience in our lives. How can these things be possible? Good question. Jesus replied, You are a respected Jewish teacher. And yet you don't understand these things. I assure you, we tell you what we know and have seen, and yet you won't believe our testimony. But if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but the Son of Man has come down from heaven. That's hard to believe, isn't it? That's the Christmas story right there. The Son of Man has come down from heaven. That's hard to grasp. Jesus has always been. The Bible tells us there's never been a time that Jesus hadn't been. He's always been. Jesus left heaven and became a man on earth. That's hard to believe. It was by a virgin birth. That's hard to believe. How can that be? How can anyone be born of a virgin? That doesn't work. That's beyond our ability to understand. We can't get there. How can these things be? How are these things possible? He came into the world and he lived truth before us. He lived the way before us. He showed us what love was like. He showed us what the Father was like. He demonstrated to us what truth was about. And he went to the cross and he died for our sin. One final sacrifice for everyone. That's hard to believe. How can anyone believe that? How can anyone in their right mind believe that? Well, the only way we can believe that is by the work of the Spirit. It is a, it is a story that is impossible to believe with human reason, but with the power of the Holy Spirit, we can believe it. We can know it. We can experience it. He said, it's like as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness. Remember that story out there? Them snakes are biting people and they're dying. And so they put the symbol of the snake up on a pole. And when them snakes are biting at you, man, what a horrible thing that I notice many women are wearing snake boots now this winter time. You got those long snake boots on. It's a good boot to have. They didn't have those out there in the wilderness. You're out there and, and, and you gotta keep your focus on the pole, on the, on the emblem on top of the pole. How in the world can you do that with all them snakes down there? I'm, snakes, I'm stomping them snakes. No, no, no. Look at the pole. Believe, you, you've gotta believe God for that. The only way that you can look at the symbol on top of the pole that's lifted up in the desert is you've gotta believe God over that. And if you believe God, then you don't get the snake bit. 
The only way to be born again is believe God. Not belief that you recognize that Jesus was a good man. Not that you recognize that Jesus was a philosopher and his principles are worth considering. You believe that Jesus is the Son of God. You confess that he's the Son of God. You put your focus on the image on the pole. The only way you're born again. You don't have human effort. All right, guys, let's get a bunch of rocks. Let's get a bunch of guards. Let's get the best slingshot guys, the best rock throwers, and let's get a, get a perimeter built, and y'all keep them snakes away. Human effort. All know. God said, make a symbol of that snake and put it up on a pole. Something that absolutely doesn't make any sense whatsoever. You gotta be kidding me. Them snakes are biting us down here and you want our eyes up there. You gotta be kidding me. Believe in the Lord Jesus. The Jesus will be, Jesus will be lifted up. Believe in Him and you will have life. Believe in what God is providing for you here in the desert. Keep your eye on the pole. That's belief. Not human effort, not man's best idea, but believing God. Believing in His gift of His Son. Believing in the virgin birth, the gift for us. It says in verse 15, So everyone who believes in Him will have eternal life. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish, but have eternal life. Hallelujah. Eternal life is through the lifted up Son of, Je Son of God, Jesus. He gave His one and only Son. And that everyone who believes in Him, what does it mean to believe in Him? It means get your eyes on the pole. It means no human effort. It means no religion. No religion. I laughed this morning when I found, not laughed at you guys' expense because you had to get baptized in cold water. I'm very sorry for that. Since we have our guests being baptized today, we worked extra hard today that you would not be baptized in cold water. But there's a story about our baptistry. Our baptistry is the worst baptistry ever created by man. It doesn't look right. It doesn't work. It's never worked. It's a, it's a nightmare. And one of the things that I've learned to laugh about and enjoy now is everyone that says, how in the world can it be that we can put a man on the moon, but we can't heat water in a church baptistry? Check ours out. Plumbers, pool men, jacuzzi people have come along, looked at it, scratched their heads, and walked away in shame. And I remember when I was told about our baptistry, this is the best baptistry you can have in a church. You push one button, it'll fill up, it'll get to the right level, it'll warm that water and all you folks can get baptized in nice, cozy water. Because after all, Jesus promised a life of ease. You can't even see people get baptized without cameras. It was, but, but he, but, I'm not going to tell you it was an Aggie architect, but it was. 
<laughs> but it was. Hallelujah, brother. And it's the best baptistry man can put together. That's religion, man. That's religion. The religion that we put together is always people getting baptized in cold water. Man, that's a good illustration right there. So I apologize for the cold water. I saw you, Fred. I've been there. I understand. I just said, he can't find his words because he's freezing to death up there in the water. Hallelujah. That's Hebrews in there. I'm with you. But let's don't make spiritual about that religion right there. Let's do that be. <laughs> Verse 17. This is sobering words. And we'll conclude with these verses. Just let these soak in. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Always recognize that. Always understand that. Do not get imbalance with the judgment. Now, the judgment's going to come. But it's not our deal. Our deal is the gift of Jesus, the Son. Celebrate Him with joy and optimism. Present Jesus. Present the life that Jesus gives. When people are born again in Jesus, that's what we present. He will judge the world, however. But that's in His time and His way. It's His world. God didn't send His Son of the world to judge the world, but to save the world through Him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in Him. So believing Him means that you're born again. That's, that's what true belief is. It's born again. But anyone who does not believe in Him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. So the matter of importance... For every religious celebration, every religious holiday is, do we believe in Jesus? Is there belief? Is there belief that leads someone to believe and to understand born again, to be born again? All, and the judgment is based on this fact, God's light came to the world, but people love the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed. Isn't that true? Man, all of us have got family members that don't want to consider Jesus because the light exposes the darkness and they run from it. They're okay with religion. They're okay with human effort. They're okay with trying to be a better person. They're okay with doing church up to a point, but not cared away, not beyond comfort, not beyond what I feel good about. You see, what religion does is it paints God in a, a definition or description that we can easily handle. And what we're doing is where our sin allow it, but we start getting too much Jesus, too much Holy Spirit, 
too much regeneration, too much sanctification, too much of Jesus, then we got to back up because the sin becomes real uncomfortable with that. That's what Jesus is saying here. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to light so others can see that they are doing what God wants. Are you born again? Are you born again? Your question for your friends and neighbors comes outside of this, right? Today, are you born again? First John says the born again love God. First John says the born again love God's children. We love. We grow in love. Are you loving more today than you did this time last year? You say, it's just not my, it's just not my personality. It's just not my nature to love. You're right. It's not your nature to love, but you become a new creation and you're in Jesus. It's his nature to love. If you're not growing in love, then you most likely haven't been born again. You're religious. You're a good person. You may have education. You may know how the church rolls. You know maybe the Bible backwards and forwards. But if you're not growing in love, you had not been born again. First John tells us that those who have been born again, they quit the practice of sinning. First John tells us that those who are born again no longer love the world. So if you're still attached to this old world and you're still loving the things of the world and, and it's a long habitual practice of loving the things of the world, then what you have is religion and not being born again. First John tells us that if you're born again, you know for sure about your salvation. First John 5.13, These things I've written to them who believe in the name of the Son of God, so they will know they have eternal life. You see, being born again and what happens after the moment of that belief through what only the Holy Spirit can do, it brings us to the place of understanding. And we know for sure about being born again. This is not human reason. This is not human effort. This is not my description. This is from the scriptures. This is heavenly truth. Have you been born again? Jesus said, the only way you're going to see the kingdom of God is be born again. Jesus says, the only way you're going to enter the kingdom of God is by being born again. Are you religious or born again? Lord, we just come before your presence. We pray we'll receive your word. We praise you. We give you glory. We give you honor today. We pause to remember what Jesus has done for us. We pause to remember that you loved us so much that you gave us your son, Father. We pause to remember the brokenness that Jesus suffered for us. We pause to remember the blood atonement, the gift that you gave us. May we honor you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.